you are welcome to the teaching ministry of Nelson Ihiago. Be stirred as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we honor you. We thank you. We give you praise. Lord, as we look into your word, we ask that we are instructed, we are corrected, and in the name of Jesus, we grow via the teaching of your word. In Jesus' wonderful name, we have prayed. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Um, to this evening, I'm just going to be talking quickly on something I like to title, Growth is Intentional. Okay? Growth is Intentional. This is a really short teaching. It's more like a charge. I just wanted to paint a few things. Um, turn your Bible with me to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. We go to verse 18. Now this is Peter speaking. He said, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is Peter speaking to the church and he's telling them that, guys, grow in grace. You see, another translation puts it this way. Um, yes, let me use T40. Let me read from verse 17 so we'll get the context. He says, therefore, dear friends, since you already know about those who teach what is false, Guard against them. Beware. Do not let those wicked people deceive you by telling you things that are wrong with the results that you yourselves begin to doubt what you now firmly begin. Now, Second Peter 3, verse 18 now. KJV says, grow in grace. But this is what verse 18 says. It says, instead, live in, a, in such a manner that you experience more and more that you experience more and more our Savior Jesus Christ being kind to you, that you get to know Him better and better. Praise God. That you get to know Him better and better. Many other translations use the same thing. They use the same words, growing grace. Okay. ISV puts it this way. He says, instead, continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, so... Peter gives us a picture as to what Jesus is talking about whenever he mentioned growing in grace. Peter gives us a picture. So when he says growing grace, T40 explains it meaning experience more and more of Jesus. And basically that is what spiritual growth does to us. It helps put Jesus in a better perspective for us consistently. I'll say that again. Spiritual growth puts Jesus in a better perspective for the believer consistently. Because, you know, um, you see, when you were a child, there were particular things in your house that you thought, oh, these things are too high. I don't know who, who here, when you were younger, used to climb on a stool to wash plates or to look into the sink. Then as you began to grow taller, you now realize that this thing is not as tall as I think it used to be. The height of the thing did not change. The thing that changed was you grew. 
you grew. So the thing is, spiritual growth helps us put things in better perspective. We have been called to a life that the possibilities are endless. We have been called to soft to, to, um, enjoy in the bliss that Christ has given to us, the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, which are actually found in the giving of the spirit. So the spirit within is actually where the spiritual blessings in Christ are found. Righteousness. You know, the Bible lets us understand in Romans, it says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So basically, the righteousness, peace, and joy are found in the Holy Ghost. These things are found, these things are actually true to the Christian life. But a lot of people go through their Christian experience, heaven bound, but never experience these things. Never experience the truth of what it means to say that God does not condemn you. Never experience the truth of what it means that God has no hold on you. Never experience the truth of um, sin has no hold on you. Never experience the truth of what he says that um, you are righteous before God. Joy is a fruit of your spirit. A lot of people never experience these things. They just bask in a certain kind of, they just live below standard because the kind of information they have gotten has put them in a particular place. So they never grow beyond that. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit on how growth needs sound doctrine eventually but we have been called to that life of um, endless possibilities and then this is what peter tells us to grow in grace so child of god one thing you must understand be first of all is this as a believer you have been born into a new life and that new life requires a certain system of growth and that growth is seen in is that growth is seen in our lives. That growth is possible in our lives. I mean, you see Peter, you see Paul say something very spectacular. He says, I want to continue with you for your progress and joy of faith. So basically he's saying in this Christian experience, there is such a thing as progress. In this Christian experience, there is such a thing as advancement. In this Christian experience, when you got saved, and where you are going to be in the next three months is not supposed to be the same. There's supposed to be a difference. There is progress, observable, tangible, discernible growth that is to be seen in the life of the believer. Am I communicating? It's to be seen in the life of the believer. So, um, this is another verse I love to use when I talk on anything that has to do with legal and vital realities in Christ. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. See verse 12. It says, wherefore my, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, walk out your own salvation with fear, and trembling okay a lot of people are stuck on this verse and they don't get the next one which says it is god who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure but look at what i'm saying here he says wherefore my beloved as you have obeyed he said walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling the word walk out is katagazomai 
which actually means to perform, to accomplish, to achieve something. To perform, to accomplish, and to achieve something. So he does not say, even that verse alone, without verse, um, without verse um, 13, tells us that that verse is not saying, he does not say walk for your salvation. He says walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. So basically, the salvation is yours in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. This salvation is yours in Christ Jesus. So you don't walk for it, you walk it out. Because the truth is, this salvation is a reality in your spirit. The same way joy is a reality in your spirit, but you give it expression. Righteousness is your right standing with God, and because of that, we live righteously. All the truths of God are at work in us. But many never experience these things because they don't step into growth enough to see what God has made possible for them. So, um, basically, he's saying, if I'm going to change the word, is he says, perform this salvation. Make it comfort. Let it be seen. Let men observe this salvation that you have received. Let men observe this salvation that we have received. The Christian life is an expression of what has been done in Christ. Can I say that again? The Christian life is an expression of what has been done in Christ. The Christian life is an expression of what has been done in Christ. Joy has been done. Joy was given to you by the indwelling of the Spirit. You express it. His love was demonstrated for you on the cross. You express it. His free giving was demonstrated on you on the cross. We express it. His power was made available by the giving of His Spirit. We express it. The Christian life is an expression of what has been done for the believer. Praise God. You see, now I'm, I'm just going to go into the nitty gritty and the core of what I'm talking about. Turn your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy 4. Now this is Paul speaking to Timothy. You bear in mind that this is Paul speaking to a pastor. If Paul can speak this way to a pastor, to, to someone who um, is, is leading a local assembly, if Paul can speak this way to, um, Timothy was a bishop, a young man, but he was heading a congregation. If he can speak this way to a pastor, like he's a children's church member, then this is something to pay attention to as a child of God. All right. Look at verse 13 and look at the words Paul used. He said, till I come, give attendance. Give attendance. The word attendance is prosecco, which means apply yourself to it. You know, get devoted to it in thought and effort. Get addicted to these things. Hold these things with your mind. That's actually what it means. Hold it with your mind. Pay attention to it. Hold it with your mind. So look at what he said to pay attention to. He said, till I come. Give attendance to what? Reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do you see this? He said, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now look at the words Paul used. He said, give attendance. Prosecco, hold it in your mind. Spiritual growth does not fall on your laps. 
Let me say that one more time. Spiritual growth does not fall on your laps. Spiritual growth is a discipline. Spiritual growth does not fall on your laps. Spiritual growth is not a finished walking. It's not a finished walk in Christ. Spiritual growth is a discipline. Child of God, you are going to give yourself to growth if growth is going to if growth is going to be seen in your life. Growth is not guessed. Growth is not wished. Growth is worked for. And let me just say this quickly. Growth is not done from a place of labor and tedious duty. Growth is done from the place of delight in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what growth is done from. Growth is done from the place of delight in Christ Jesus. You know, maybe I'll do a teaching on delight eventually. But one of those things I'll quote is, we see David, a man of the senses. He said, David was basically... Said, he said, I was glad when they said to me. David was a man of the senses. David was not a man born of the spirit like you are. But then you will see David again and again express the joys of being in the presence of the Lord. You will see David saying again and again. He will say, I prayed in the morning and then he prayed again. You will see David expressing his delight in the Lord God of his salvation. David was not a man born of the spirit. David was a man born of the flesh. How much more you? You are a man born of the spirit and you're not just born of the spirit. You house the spirit of God. So the things of God are not just, they're not a chore for you. They are a delight for you. You delight in the things of God. Say, I delight in the things of God. Say, I delight in the things of God. You delight in the things of God. I explained this in Heartborn and I'm not going to go back to it again. But these are the things that matter. These are the things that matter for us, child of God. David again and again expressed his delight in the Lord. So also, we also, we understand that spiritual growth is a discipline. It is a duty, but it is a delightful duty. Let me say that again. Spiritual growth is a discipline. It is a duty, but it is a delightful duty. It is not a thing that we wish to happen. It is a thing that we apply ourselves to, to let it happen. We see Acts chapter 6. Look at what the apostles said. They said we will not but give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. Do you see that term? They said we will give ourselves. Basically, we will offer ourselves to these things. We will pour ourselves like a libation to the word of God and prayer. We will pour ourselves to devotion for the cause of God. You, uh, listen. Maybe this will be a henceforth moment for somebody in their devotion. But he says, the Bible, let's, let, let's, let's turn quickly to, um, the Bible says something. I, I don't want us to deviate from the topic. In 2 Corinthians, you know, he says that we are new men in Christ. And then we see Paul also saying, he says, henceforth, henceforth. Everybody has to have that henceforth moment in their walk with God, in their devotion with God, in their consecration to the things of the Spirit. You say, henceforth, I give myself to prayer. That is what the apostles say. He said, we will give ourselves. Spiritual growth is a personal commitment to consistent devotion in the things of God. 
That is where spiritual growth is, 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 is bettered in quote. In consistent devotion. Spiritual growth is bettered in consistent devotion to the things of God. You don't, um, you see, a lot of people pray today, don't pray for a week, pray next week and all those things. And you will not experience the best of God in spiritual growth like that. The best of God is experienced in consistent devotion with the things that bring growth. The best of God is experienced in consistent devotion with the things that bring growth. My focus on this is just one thing. That spiritual growth is not wished. Spiritual growth is a discipline. Spiritual growth is, a, is worked for. Everybody, the Bible speaks of Elijah. The Bible speaks of Elijah in James chapter 5. It says, Elijah was a man of like passions. What did he say? He said, but he prayed. Do you see that? It says he was a man of like passions, but he prayed. There is a way you can be with the things of the spirit and then you may be tired. You may be weary. You may, it may not be fun at that time. But you see that thing? He felt tired, but he studied. He felt lazy, but he prayed. It is in those things that spiritual growth is locked in. You know, my pastor says, a man who has not learned to pray, even when he, a man who has not learned to pray, even when he does not feel like it, does not have a prayer life. A man who has not learned to stay in devotion, even when he does not feel like it, does not have a devotion culture yet. Can I tell you something? There are days you will continually keep praying and you will understand that devotion is not always sweet. Can somebody give me a wiper? Bear me witness. There are days that you know you should pray, but you don't feel like praying. There are days you know you should study, but you don't feel like studying. There are days you know you should fast, and those days you eat a very heavy breakfast. Can, can I get a witness in the house now? There are those days you feel like it. There are those days you want to fast, but you break that fast in the name of the Lord. You know, but again, one thing that must be understood is, Spiritual growth is intentional. You see the words the apostles use. He said, we will give ourselves. You need to come to that point where you give yourself. You need to come to that henceforth moment in your walk with God. Where you say, enough of not praying today. And um, enough of praying today and not praying tomorrow. Enough of um, um, not having that consistent fasting schedule I said I was going to stick to. Enough of not having that study life I said I was going to have. Enough of being lazy in my work with God. Henceforth, I'm going to stay in prayers. I'm going to pray every day. Henceforth, I'm going to study the Bible every day. Henceforth, the word of God is going to dictate the pattern for my life. You're not going to live your life to chance or trends. You're going to live your life according to the dictates of the word of God. Because it is also, it's not just what you see. There's an empowerment from within to do the things of God. Remember, the spirit is willing, yet the flesh is weak. I mean, we see from the life of Jesus. We see Jesus saying, the Bible says, in the morning, a great while from dawn, he will separate himself and he will go and pray. Basically, what the Bible is trying to say is, way before triumph 30, Jesus will wake up and pray. That's what the Bible is trying to say. Jesus will wake up and pray. Sometimes the Bible says he will separate himself and pray all night. 
Listen, the people you admire, the people you love, the people you admire their prayer culture, let me tell you that they did not stumble on a prayer culture. People that are prayerful know why they are prayerful. People that are prayerful are intentionally prayerful. People that are studious are intentionally studious. People that have that consistent fasting culture are intentionally, they intentionally have that fasting culture. See, in the entire Bible, we don't see a gift of prayer. In the entire Bible, we don't see the gift of study and fasting. Prayer, study, fasting, these are spiritual disciplines that you will imbibe as a child of God. These are things that you will hold to yourself. And as you hold these things to yourself, you will walk in them. Because these things are not workings of the Spirit. Yes, the Spirit is willing. In fact, in the sense that the Spirit will quicken us. The Spirit always wants us to fellowship with the Father in the Word, in prayer. But we exist in a flesh that is lazy towards the things of the Spirit. That is at enmity with God. We have a flesh who fights the things of the Spirit. And it is your responsibility as a child of God to weaken the flesh and say, No! I'm supposed to be praying now and I will give myself to prayer. I'm supposed to be studying now and I will give myself to study. Don't allow your life to be running on vibes. Don't allow yourself to be like, okay, this is three weeks now. I've not read my Bible. Hey, and I'm supposed to be reading. God will help us. My darling, God will not help you. Go and read. Go and read that Bible. Open it and read. Why is it that when it comes to the Bible, we say, have you read your Bible? I'm just trusting God for grace to open the Bible. But when you had the exam, you did not trust God for grace. You sat down and you read that Bible. Is value. Is value. Is value that's the problem. Value. Is value that is the issue. Value. Listen, child of God, can I tell you something? You are the one that is going to make the most of your Christian experience here on earth. Can I say that again? You are the one that is going to make the most of your Christian experience here on earth. Let me say that one more time. You are the one that is going to make the most of your Christian experience here on earth. You know, I realize that. Let me, let me share my heart desire with you. Life is short. Even if you're going to live for 80 or 90 years, life is short. Life is short. 80 years, I mean, you're going to live for maybe 90 years, 110 years, whatever you want. Many of you can look back and maybe remember a few things that happened 10 years ago in detail. And then you now begin to realize that, wow, 10 years has gone. So, you now say that in those, see, I decided that my life is going to count for God. My life will count. And I realize that my life will not just count on its own. I'm going to give myself to the things of the Spirit. If I don't give myself to the things of the Spirit, you know, I had a man of God, amazing man. He was teaching on praying in the Holy Ghost. And he said, if you don't pray, if you don't pray now till next year, the person that prays 30 minutes every day, one hour in tongues every day, both of you will get to, both of you will see but that person that prays every day is not at the same place he was where you left him. He has built up himself. The things that used to shake him before will not shake him anymore. Why? It's not because he has grown older. It's because he has built up himself. He has built up himself like an edifice, brick upon brick, layer upon layer. He has built up himself in the Holy Ghost. 
The things that used to hit him and shake him before, no more. Because he has built up himself in the Holy Ghost. Don't pamper prayerlessness in your life. Don't pamper lack of study in your life. Anyone who is prayerful knows why he's prayerful. Anyone who studies knows why he's studious. These things are not by chance. Don't leave your Christian experience to chance. You see, we make time for everything else, but we don't make time for prayer. We don't make time to the things of God. The reason you don't make time for the things of God, is it because you have not seen it as valuable enough? That's a question that should be asked. The reason you don't make time for the things of God, is it because you don't see it as valuable enough? Because I mean, you, everybody says they are busy, but people make time to eat. I know Lagos is a jungle. I mean, I know people who live at Yanokwaja and walk on the island. That is a curse. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. However, in those transit times, you know, someone texted me one time and she was telling me that, um, you know, she work has been choking her up. She doesn't, she can't pray and all those things. And this was, I was still in school then. And I told her, you have transit times, right? Those times in, those times in when you travel, those times on the road, use it to pray. Traffic is an advantage in Lagos. Traffic does not have to be a problem. Traffic is an advantage in this state. As you are moving, be praying in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you are, if you are in traffic for two hours, you have prayed in tongues for two hours. If you are in traffic for two hours, you've prayed in tongues for two hours. I heard of a minister who, he, he works in a bank. You know how the bank is. <laughs> he works in a bank. But from his house to the bank is three hours and he drives. His discipline is... Those three hours, he prays furiously in tongues on his way to work. So by the time he gets to work, he has prayed three hours in the Holy Ghost. He has prayed three hours in the Holy Ghost. And you know, one thing the Lord has begun to teach me recently is those little pockets of time we spend praying, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, those things actually count. Those things count. Those times when in the middle of the day, I mean, Jesus had different types of prayers he did. In the middle of conversations, he will lift up his voice and pray. Sometimes he will separate himself and pray. That means that in the middle of conversations, you can just excuse yourself and stir yourself up for 10 minutes. Some other times, you can separate yourself and pray for 3 hours. You pray for 6 hours. Child of God, when last did you stretch in prayer? When last did you stretch in prayer? I told you I have one life to live and this one life I have, I'm going to make it count for God. I'm here to steer you up in the things of God. And that's what I want to do. This teaching is basically titled Growth is Intentional. Jesus, like I started saying, will separate himself a long time before triumph 30, sorry, before dawn, and he will pray. He will give himself to prayer. A long while before dawn, he will go and pray. Sometimes the Bible says he will pray all night. And in that trance, what all night actually meant was about from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m. He will give himself to prayer all night. Before Jesus chose the disciples, he went to pray all night. Many of the things in our lives, when we are saying, oh, I don't know what God is saying about it. I'm confused. I don't know which way to go. Even moral feelings and all those things, they have a link to our devotion culture. They have a link to our devotion culture. 
They have a link to the weakness in our devotion culture. Don't leave your life to chance. Your Christian experience does not grow haphazardly. Your Christian experience grows by due diligence. Due diligence. Your study life grows by due diligence. Have a prayer time. I have two prayer alarms on my phone. Have a study time. When do you read your Bible? How much of the Bible do you read? When do you pray? How long do you pray? I mean, you know, when I, let me read First Timothy 4.13 again. It says, till I come, give attention. I told you to give, atten- give attendance. If figuratively, it means to hold it with your mind. Hold it with your mind. Hold it with your mind. Look at verse 15. In 1 Timothy 4, he says, meditate upon these things. Give yourself what? Holy. You know, a man of God says, give yourself holy to them. He says that thy profiting may appear to all. What is Paul saying here? When you give yourself to growth, when you give yourself to growth, of course, the word when he says, meditate upon these things, um, that your prophet, the things he was talking about were the instructions that he had given to Timothy. Okay. And that we include giving attendance to doctrine, to reading and to exhortation and all those things. Okay. For him to give attention to those things, you will see Paul will be saying, he said, meditate upon this thing that your profiting may appear unto all. The profiting is seen. Spiritual growth is obvious. Spiritual growth is not, is not as private as we like to think. The man who is growing, or you can look at people and tell who is growing. Who is getting better? Who is growing? Whose devotion is lacking? You can tell. Those times of your life when your mood is swinging from good to bad, to good to bad, to good to bad, to good to bad. Many times you've not prayed. You've not stirred up that joy on the inside. Many times when we are worried, we've not given ourselves to prayer. We've not even looked at what the word of God has to say. We've not spoken the word of God over ourselves. He said, meditate that your profiting may appear unto all. Growth is obvious. Profiting, as far as spiritual growth is concerned, is seen. Profiting, as far as spiritual growth is concerned, is seen. If you're going to be intentional about spiritual growth, you're not going to leave your growth to chance. You're going to put structures around your spiritual growth. You're going to put structures around your spiritual growth. When will I pray? How long will I pray? When will I study? How long? What what will I study? What am I studying now? You know, there's a question Pastor Ogen used to ask me many years ago. He'll say, so what are you reading now? What are you studying in your Bible now? It's a valid question. A lot of people don't know what they are studying right now. What are you studying? We are just reading Bible. What do you mean by that? If I ask you, what are you studying? You say, oh, I'm studying the book of Ephesians. I'm studying this. I'm studying the miracles of Jesus. I'm studying these verses. I'm studying this epistle. I'm studying this. Don't just, what are you studying? We are just reading the Bible like that. You are not. What have you learned so far in your Bible study? You should tell me what has jumped out to you because you are keeping track of your spiritual growth. You're not leaving it to chance. You are keeping track of your spiritual growth. He said, meditate upon these things. Give yourself holy to them. (laughs) 
that your profiting may appear to all. Your advancement may appear. The word profiting is prokope. It's the same word where Paul said, I wish to continue with you for your, uh, Philippians 1.25, for your progress and joy in faith. The word progress there is prokope. So basically what Paul is saying here is, meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them, that your prokope, your progress may be evident to all. Spiritual growth is obvious. I mean, how many of you started growing spiritually and maybe your parents said, something has changed about you? Even though the African parents typically may not say it, they will just keep it in their chest. But somebody said, or your roommate said, you have changed. There's this joy in your eyes. There's this light in your life. Who has, who has that happened to? Maybe someone saw you a, few, a while back and saw you now and said, something is different about you. And it's not your hair. You know it is the growth. It is the, it's the work with God that you have gotten better in. Who can, who can testify to that for me? Why? It's because your profiting does appear to all. It's because your profiting does appear to all. Have you even, have you even explained the word of God to somebody and you yourself, you are shocked. You're like, hey, I know Bible. It is your profiting that is speaking. That is your profiting. It is your profiting. Praise the name of Jesus. Spiritual growth rides on intentionality. Spiritual growth does not ride on chance. It does not ride on any other thing. It rides on intentionality. It rides on intentionality. You let me let me show you something. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Go to verse 1 now. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. What did you see? Hours of prayer are actually a Jewish practice, not, a, not exactly a Christian practice. They are a Jewish practice. But these are men who have walked with Jesus. They had seen that Jesus had times of prayer. As a matter of fact, they saw Jesus pray and they looked at him and they said, there's something about your prayer life. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. It is my sincere opinion that if you live in a house, if you live in a house for three days, for a week, your neighbors should know a Christian is living here. Not because you would disturb, but because they know, ah, this guy is a believer. At least, if nothing else, we know that he prays. If nothing else, we know that he prays. At most, a week. If you stay a week, they should know that a believer is around. He prays. Amen. This was a Jewish practice. You know, he said they went up into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. But what did Peter and they saw Jesus and they said, teach us to pray, master. And being the ninth hour, they went to pray. So they, they knew that this was a consistent practice in Judaism, but it was necessary in Christianity because you need to pray. The Bible says in Luke, it says men ought always to pray and not faint. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Child of God, Luke 18. Child of God, let me tell you something. You see, there was this practice that we used to have in Sunday school. It is not, it is not careless. It's called memory verse. There are many times when you need to even read your Bible and commit verses to memory. 
There are times you need to read your Bible and commit verses to memory. You commit verses to memory. You keep the word of God in your heart. You speak the word of God over yourself. Because the truth of the, of the matter is the word of God is the only thing of eternal substance we have in this world to hold on to. It is that thing of eternal substance we have in this world to hold on to. It is what guards and guides our life. It is what tells us to go. It is what leads us in the way to go. We are not led by trends. We are not led by the pressures of society. We are not led by the good ideas and the good um, 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 opinions of neighbors. We are led by the word of God. And if you don't know it, how will you guard your, how will you guard and guide your life? How? Praise the name of Jesus. Growth rides on the shoulders of intentionality. The Bible says in Colossians, it says, let the word of God dwell richly. Oh, Machiate. It says, let it dwell richly. When, they pray, when you are pressed, let the word of God come out. When you are pressed, let the word of God, let your conviction not be found in good ideas. Let your conviction not be found in trends. Let your conviction not be found in the things that can shake tomorrow. Let your convictions be found in the word. Praise the name of Jesus. Let your convictions, be found in the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your convictions are to be found in none other. Than the word of God. He says they went to the temple at the hour of prayer. They knew this was a Jewish practice, but it was worth it. You let it be said that oh, Shaitan has a, a time of prayer. Falarin has a time of prayer. Falake has a time of prayer. Timothy has a time of prayer. Promise has a time of study. Esther has a time of study. Dara has a time to pray. Taiwo has a time to study. Hira has a time to study. Hira has a time to pray. Chidima has a time to study. She has this time to pray. Oh, by this time you cannot call her because she is praying. By this time he will not pick the call because he is studying. He has a time when he's doing this thing. He has a structure around his growth that is guarding it, keeping it consistent. Tony has this time when he's praying. We know that by this time, Tony is studying. You know, I, I, you know, one thing I've learned is ministry is an expression of this Christian life. So we are going to reach out to souls, preach the gospel to them. You know, um, we're going to preach the gospel to them as an overflow of the life of Christ we have received, as an overflow of the understanding of the gospel that we have. We're going to minister God's power to many as an overflow of what we have received of him. Okay. And the truth I realized is if you do evangelism constantly, you realize that evangelism is not just um, sweet words to talk to men. It is the power of the spirit to draw down walls of darkness so that the eyes of men will see the word of God. And this is built, this energy will be built in the place of prayer. It will be built in the place of prayer. When we read the book of Timothy, we understand, you know, Paul, Paul talks of, um, um, Paul, Paul speaks of seducing spirits that bring doctrines, evil doctrines, 
we realize that many of the strongholds in the hearts of men, they are not, they are not there because these men like it. They are there because they are sponsored by forces of darkness. And it is in the word and in prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. It's in the word and in prayer. We build up the power of God. We stir up the power of God. And when we speak to men about Jesus, they respond to it. Because every wall, every veil that has hid their eyes from seeing the glorious light of this gospel is torn down. Ministry is an overflow of this Christian life. Dear believer, prayer must not be far from your lips. Dear believer, the word of God must not be far from your heart. Steer your heart consistently with the word. Steer your heart. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. Have structures around this thing called growth. Praise the name of Jesus. In Matthew 6, we see Jesus saying, he didn't say if you pray. He didn't say when you feel like praying. He said when you pray. It is consistent. He said when you pray. Jesus said when you pray. When you pray. Child of God, it is not an if it is not a however, it is when. There is a time you should give yourself to prayer. There is a when to submit yourself to prayer. There is a time to give yourself to the ministry of the word and prayer. Listen, if you eat anyhow, you will be either over. You, If you eat how you feel like it, you will either be overfed or you will be underweight. If you eat how you are feeling, you will either be overfed or you will be underweight. But what do you do? You don't just eat as you are feeling it. You eat, um, you know, when we were growing up, we were not just hungry and we ate. We, our parents fed us in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. I think it's as we get older, we have bad eating habits. Sometimes we skip lunch. Then many other times we eat many things in between. <laughs> but the truth is, if you eat how you feel, you, if you eat how you feel, you either be underweight or overweight. What do you do, child of God? You don't just eat that way. What you do is you have structures around how you feed. I have structures around how I exercise because I intend to live long. If you don't exercise, repent here today. But anyways, I have structures around it. So also, there should be structures around your growth. Structures around prayer. Structures around the word. Once a week I fast. It is on this day, every week I fast. On this day, every day I'm praying. By this time, every day I'm praying. I'm going to read an epistle every day. I'm going to read five chapters of this every day. I'm going to study this every day. You give yourself to it. You give yourself to it. You give yourself to it. And can I tell you something? If you pray consistently and study consistently, you will see your life change. You will see your, your work with God get deeper. You will see your work with God get richer. You will see things, character flaws, and all those other things you used to struggle with. All those, all those burdens, all those worries, all those um, um, things that used to that used to lift themselves against the spirit in your life. You will see them suddenly subdued and non-existent, as if you were born, born again. And the good thing is this: even if you are prayerful, you can always pray more. Even if you are studious, you can always study more. Let me just say something. This week, aside from your daily prayer time, if you don't have one, set an alarm now. Set an alarm now. 
you know, aside from your daily prayer time, aside from this, just add an extra 10 minutes of prayer every day. That, and I don't mean add it to your prayer time. I mean, maybe in the afternoon, just pray 10 minutes. Take out time and pray 10 minutes. There are times when maybe I want to pray some more. And what I do is I pray 10 minutes every hour between 9 and 6. That's the that thing on my mentorship group I call um, P&W Challenge. I pray 5 minutes every hour for about 12 hours. 5 minutes every hour. And by the end of the day, you know that your spirit man is, is leaping on the inside. Because you know you have scared yourself. I'm just going to give you this challenge. Pray this week, aside from your usual prayer time, just pray in the afternoon, pray in the evening, set some time to pray. 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, or just 15 minutes. Pray in tongues, lift up your hands, sing spiritual songs, sing in the spirit, pray in the spirit, and then watch, watch how your heart will be opened better to the things of God. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed tonight? Have you been blessed tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we honor you. We love you. We give you praise. Lord, we give ourselves to prayer. We give ourselves to the word. We give ourselves to spiritual disciplines. We are intentional about our growth. We do not leave our growth to chance. We have our growth. We have structures to guard and guide our growth. We have structures to guard and guide our growth. And Lord, as we begin to stay in prayer, we see the influence of the Spirit stand up on our inside, get richer upon our lives. Father, we honor you. Blessed is your name, for in Jesus' wonderful name we have prayed. Amen. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's Word. For more ministry content, visit niministries.org. God bless you.